Hey, happy 4th of July, Valley family, wherever you're joining us from. Thanks for tuning in uh, to our online campus. This is week number five uh, of what we're calling our summer mixtape series, really standalone messages. And boy, didn't Pastor Stephen do a fantastic job uh, last week. And I think this message today is going to really just kind of be a, a great compliment uh, to what he preached on last week. And because it's the 4th of July, I'm calling this message, Let Freedom Ring. Let Freedom Ring. What do you think about when you hear the word freedom? You know, maybe it's, uh, maybe it's Braveheart, you know, freedom! Uh, I actually watched it in preparation for this message because it was really important to do that. One of my favorite uh, movies, actually. Uh, or, or maybe you think of something else like uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, you know, famous speech, I Have a Dream, where really the climax of that whole message that he gave uh, in the capital of Washington was, uh, and I'm not going to try to do it like MLK, nobody can, but he said, and so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightened Allegheny of the Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring from the snow-capped Rockies of Colorado. Let freedom ring from the curvaceous slopes of California. But not only that, let freedom ring from Stone Mountain, Georgia. Let freedom ring from Lookout Mountain, Tennessee. Let freedom ring from every hill and molehill of Mississippi. From every mountain, let freedom ring. So we find this whole idea of freedom is deeply, deeply embedded in the character of, of, of who America is, our, our nation. And you know, I, I just got to say this, having traveled around the world, literally all over the place, my wife Susie and I, uh, America's not perfect, but I'll tell you what, it's the best thing on the planet, no question about it. No, no question about it. We, we have our, fault, our faults and our flaws. Oh, by the way, just like every family does, the family of America does as well. No one is perfect and no nation will ever ever be perfect but it is still I believe the greatest nation on the face of the earth every time we come back it's like I just want to kiss the ground uh, after we leave our nation I've you know been to some cool places been to some really awful places as well but even the best of the best that we visited there's still nothing like coming back to the United States of America what do you think about on the 4th of July when you hear that word freedom I can't help but think about, you know, on 4th of July, I hear Ray Charles singing America the Beautiful. Just, just absolutely fantastic. Or Whitney Houston singing the Star Spangled Banner. Let freedom ring. Let freedom ring. It's amazing how much the Bible talks about freedom. In fact, it's all throughout the Bible. Freedom, the concept, the idea comes directly from God. And that's why no government can really give you freedom, and they really can't take freedom away either. They can give you privileges, but they can't take away freedom. Not, not the kind of freedom that is literally vested in us as human beings that God created. So real freedom can only be found ultimately in Jesus Christ. He's the one that gave us freedom. He came to give you and me freedom. And I think the Apostle Paul really describes this the best. So this is on you know, our website in my sermon notes. You can follow along. But look at how Paul, God gives him the insight into the essence of why Jesus Christ came. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, It was for freedom that Christ died, that, that Christ has set us free. 
Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Ultimate freedom is this, freedom to live the way God designed you and I to live. That's what true freedom is. And we have some pretty, pretty, could I put it this way, funky views of freedom in America today. But real freedom is found in the scripture and it's what Jesus Christ came to give you and me. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free so that we would be truly free. And the reality about freedom is this, freedom is better felt than defined. It's hard to kind of necessarily, you know, this is what freedom is. Fourth of July, we talk about freedom, Independence Day. I remember as a kid growing up, we used to always, uh, my parents would take us to West Point uh, and they'd have a, the Army uh, cadet uh, band there and the, overlooking the Hudson River and then uh, they would, the big finale, they would have, uh, they would play the William 12 Overture and they'd be shooting cannons off over the Hudson. Just really incredible. And then fireworks after that. You know, maybe, maybe that's what freedom reminds you of is, is fireworks. Maybe freedom is the last day of school, uh, you know, when school lets out. Maybe, maybe freedom is uh, five o'clock on a Friday. Maybe freedom is empty nest. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, that Susie and I are enjoying so much right now. What is freedom? What do you think about when you hear freedom? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says, Now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. See, no government can take away the Holy Spirit. The government can't give the Holy Spirit. The government can't take it away. Where the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is, we find freedom. There's real freedom. And, and, and it's a common, real bad misunderstanding that any government can actually give us freedom or take away our freedom. They can take away, again, rights that we have, but, but not ultimate freedom. That comes from God alone. That's why Jesus Christ died, to set you and I freed. And freedom is always throughout the Bible connected with lordship. That's what it's talking about, where the Lord is, where the spirit, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is. You see there's a point being made here? Freedom is not no rules or no regulations. In fact, freedom is ultimately found under lordship. Over and over again, the Bible talks about it this way. Lordship, what is that? That's boundaries under a king's rule. That's where freedom is ultimately found. There's freedom that you can only experience if Jesus Christ is your Lord. There is freedom because now the Lord is spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. It doesn't mean there's, there's no expectations. It doesn't mean just do whatever you want. It means freedom from sin, freedom of my soul I experience only under the lordship of Jesus Christ. You can't experience it any other way. And so freedom always has boundaries. And there's, there's three kind of perspectives about boundaries I think that we get wrong when it comes to freedom. First of all, some of us think that freedom means living with no boundaries. That, that, that that's what freedom ultimately is, no boundaries whatsoever. Uh, back in the 1990s, just an example of this, back in the 1990s, uh, Las Vegas was really, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada was really going through a difficult time. People just weren't coming, they weren't visiting, they weren't spending their money, they weren't you know, gambling and giving their money uh, to the casinos that way. And, and so they hired a marketing firm, the city of Las Vegas did, and they came up with this marketing campaign what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. 
In other words, the illusion that there is a place on this planet, in this country, you could go to and there were no boundaries. And you know what? People began to flock to Las Vegas, thinking that what happened in Vegas stays in Vegas. But that was just a marketing slogan. I personally know people whose marriages were absolutely wrecked and they're divorced today because of what happened in Las Vegas came back home when they came back home from Las Vegas. It's a myth, it's a mirage. This whole idea that freedom means living with no boundaries, it's not real. You have a God who paid the price. Instead of you paying for the mirage of freedom at Las Vegas, you and I serve a God who paid the price for real freedom through sending his son, Jesus Christ, to live a sinless life and to lay that life down as a sacrifice and a substitute for you and for me and he rose again three days later. He paid the price for freedom. You know, Susie and I, last week, we were down in Pensacola, Florida, and uh, man, I, I love going back there. That's where we met, that's where we fell in love, that's where we got married, and uh, started this adventure of life together there in Pensacola, and I just love all the food, oh, the fried food, and fried crab claws, and hush puppies and sweet corn fritters, I mean, all that stuff. And, and you know what, I just really, I, w- I was just enjoying what I was doing down there. I was eating the good stuff, drinking sweet tea, and, and just like no boundaries. I normally kind of watch, you know, now what I eat, how much, and how many carbs. And all. I was just like, no, 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 not while I'm in Pensacola. And, and just, just no boundaries at all. But you know what, there was a price to pay when I got on the scale after we returned. See, this is a mirage, this living with no boundaries, like it's just free. That, that, that's what freedom really is. That's not true at all, because there's a price to pay for no boundaries. There's always a personal, there's a price to be paid personally if we try to live without boundaries, just like the scale was the price I had to pay, and now trying to get back, dropping a few that I put on while I was down there. There's no real freedom in living without boundaries. God has a better way than that. The second perspective on boundaries is this, living with our own boundaries. Well, I'll I'll just, I'm not gonna listen to what God has to say, I'll just decide on my own what my own boundaries are. The problem with setting our own boundaries is that there's no lordship, and if there's no lordship, if God, if Jesus is not the Lord, then there's no real freedom. Because you can only find real freedom under the lordship, the rule, the reign of Jesus Christ in your life and we think we're calling the shots and we begin to put up walls to give us freedom but what we're really doing is you know putting our own boundaries up we're really walling ourselves off from the power of God in our life because we refuse to come under the lordship of what he says what he says we should be doing and and where the boundaries really are so let me ask you a question today on this fourth of July What's the walled off area in your life? What's the area of your life you're like, God, you can have it all, but just not this behind my back. Not, not, not this, that I'm just saving this for myself. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your sex life. Maybe it's your relationship. Whatever it is, it's like, God, this is all right, but you can't have this. That that you're keeping from God, you really don't have freedom you're really in bondage to. 
because freedom only truly comes when we come under the rule of God, the authority of God. Real freedom is not based on the absence of boundary. boundaries. Real freedom is finding the right boundaries. And so it's not about no boundaries. It's not about making our own boundaries. There's no real freedom in living with our own boundaries. God has a better way. And that's the third way, and that's living with God's boundaries. Let me uh, kind of give you kind of a, I don't know, it'll break down this illustration ultimately, but let me give you an example of living within God's boundaries, you find freedom. Look at this picture. This goldfish is completely free, living in the boundaries of this fishbowl. Can swim all over the place, nothing's up, just has freedom within the boundaries of this fish tank, this fishbowl. If we pull him out and sit him on the table, he is free, but he'll die. He'll suffer the consequences of that kind of freedom. Maybe he says, I don't want a fishbowl. Instead, I'd like to be put in a hole in the ground. The hole will give him some boundaries that he decides upon, but he'll die because he chooses the boundaries. This is freedom within the boundaries that God gives you and I. He's free to swim anywhere he wants, to do as he's under the boundaries that have been placed on him. And for our example, by God. See, God's boundaries don't restrain us, they release us into the life he created us for. Let me say it again. God's boundaries don't restrain us. They're not, God's not keeping you and me from something. He's saving us for something. His best life that he created you and me for. He's releasing us to something greater. Freedom is living under the lordship of Jesus Christ. So again, I just ask you today, what, what, is that that you're, what is that area of your life like, God, you can have it all, but you can't have this? Because whatever that is that we're keeping from God, we're not walking in freedom in that area. God's boundaries don't restrain us, they actually release us. So how, how can we remain firm in the freedom that Jesus Christ came to give you and give me. This is what really Paul was trying to explain to the church of Corinth and the Holy Spirit speaking to him, inspiring his very words and his very thoughts. Listen to how he explains freedom. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 12, he says, I have the right to do anything, you say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. He's saying, you're talking about freedom like you can just do anything at all. But you know what? If you do things outside of God's boundaries he's placed on you, you become enslaved to those things you think you're free to do. And Paul says, I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna stay within, for the sake of the message, our understanding, I'm gonna stay within the fishbowl where God's placed me. Those boundaries that he's put over my life that keep me safe and keep me in the center of, of the life that he created me for. And and so I think we need to kind of rethink freedom based on what God's word has to say. What what does freedom really look like? How how do we know if we're getting close to the boundary lines in our life, in any area of our life? 
How, how can we be real clear? Where are those boundaries that God has set for me? I, I think we maybe need a, a filter to filter our thoughts through and decisions through and our actions through on a regular basis. So, so let's look at a, a freedom filter I want to share with you. Uh, and, and it's really answering the question, is it pure? And we're going to break down now this as an acronym, P-U-R-E, this freedom filter that we can ask ourselves four questions to really determine, am I inside the boundaries that God's placed on me? Because there I find real freedom for my soul. And so the first question is this, is it pleasing to God? What I'm, what I'm thinking, what I want to do, where I want to go, my actions, my activity, is it pleasing to God? Is it pleasing to God? John chapter eight, verse 31, Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Did you see what Jesus said? Jesus literally is saying, you'll never find freedom outside of obedience. You'll never find freedom. I'll never really experience freedom. What we'll do is we'll think we're free, we'll dive headlong into all kinds of stuff that God knows is dangerous and will enslave us in our lives and limit the life that he created you and I to live and will not fulfill the purpose and destiny that God created you and me for. And so the first question is, is it pleasing to God? Am I, I'll know the truth and the truth will set me free. Why? If I hold to the teachings of Jesus. Is what I'm doing, what I'm thinking about, is it really pleasing to God? That's the P in the pure filter for freedom. How about this, the second one? Is it upholding my convictions? Not, not my convictions about all kinds of things outside God's word, but the convictions based on God's word. Is what I'm doing, the actions, activities, thoughts that I have, decisions I'm making, are they upholding my convictions? Romans chapter 14 Verse 23, the Bible says, but if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, so they had questions, uh, the Christians at the time, like, you know, what about food sacrificed to idols? Is this God's will? Is it not? And so don't get hung up on the issue of food at that point. Just they have options available to them. Is this what God wants me to do or is it not? And, and Paul says, uh, if you have doubts whether you should eat something, you're, you're sinning if you go ahead and do it for you are not following your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, you're sinning. You, you can't necessarily find chapter and verse for every single thing that you and I are gonna face in this life. But it's kinda like if, if I'm not sure if this is what God wants me to do, here's the thing, don't do it. If you think maybe it's wrong, back away from it. That's what Paul is teaching here. Don't run roughshod over convictions. When, when just even that fact that something inside is like, ah, I got an uneasy, ah, this doesn't feel right. Uh, that's probably the Holy Spirit saying that's not God's will for you. That's not God's desire for you. And, and so a big question is, am I upholding my convictions? And, and Paul says, if you run ahead and do something that inside is like, mm, this doesn't seem right, it actually becomes sin. That's the Holy Spirit speaking inside to honor our conviction. So let me ask you this question. Right now, on this 4th of July, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you about that it's time to stop? What is that uneasy feeling inside 
that, that even though it all looks good, it looks great, something inside is mm, that's not what I want for you. That's the Holy Spirit. And, and he's speaking through us through conviction. And we need to respond to and uphold those convictions and honor those convictions. Because if we run right past them, it's only gonna mean harm for me and harm for those around me. What's the Holy Spirit speaking to you? What is the R impure? The first one, ask ourselves, please, is it pleasing to God? Is it upholding my convictions? Here's the third one, is it representing God's love? See, the freedom that Jesus Christ came to give you and me is so that we can love others. It's not about me, it's about others. God flowing through me. His love flowing through me. Is it representing of God's love? Look at Galatians chapter five. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. Paul says, you're called to be free. God wants you to be free, watch. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. In other words, don't use your freedom selfishly. Don't use the freedom that God's called you to be free. Don't use that freedom just for selfish purposes. That's not why you're free. That's not why Jesus set you free. Not to, not to use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. We're free to serve one another. We're free to not be selfish, to be selfless. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment, love your neighbor as yourself. And it's really interesting, that word, love that's, that's there, in the original language of the New Testament, uh, which is Koine Greek, that word is the Greek, the root uh, is agape, akapeo. It is the tense here. And what that literally means is that we are to serve one another in love, agapeo, for the entire law, love your neighbor as yourself, agapeo, your neighbor. What that means is perfect, selfless, unconditional love. The love of God, agape. That's what we're called to do. And so asking the question, am I representing God's love in this action, in this decision, in this whatever it is, event, activity that I'm in? that I'm considering, or is this about me and mine? Is this just selfish and self-centered? So many times, we, we kinda miss this, I think. You know, there are people that God's brought into your life, brought into your path, that, that you spend time with, or you maybe work with, or uh, you know, hang out with, they're never gonna darken, they've never darkened the door of this church before. That's why God's placed you where you are, so that you can influence them for his sake. So that you can demonstrate his selfless love that would flow through you to them. I, I, I believe that with everything in me. It's just, it's just pretty cool right now in, in my own life personally where I'm, I'm seeing guys that I coached high school football. I was their coach, and, and now they're coming to the church. It's been like 10 years later, 12 years later. And, and I coached them at John Jay, and, and, and they're beginning a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and learning more and more about him. And, and I had the distinct feeling, even when I coached high school football, that God was allowing me to cross paths with young men because he wanted me to influence them for his sake 
in a positive way. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it takes decades later before you see the fruit. But, but that's why, is it representing God's love? Because there's so many things, it's so easy to get caught up just in my own selfishness, what I wanna do, and we actually throw roadblocks between people coming to Christ because we treat them unlovingly because we're consumed with ourselves. So who has God placed in your life that he wants you to influence for his sake? To love unselfishly, agape love. Well, I think the answer is real clear. Every single person you ever come across. Every single person, unconditionally, showing them the love of Jesus. And in that, we find freedom. We find freedom with those boundaries that I'm not going to teach, I'm not gonna treat anyone unlovingly. I'm not gonna treat anyone unkindly. But I want the love of God to flow through my life to impact those around me. So the first question, is it pleasing to God? Second question, am I upholding my convictions based on God's word and the Holy Spirit, what he's saying? Third, am I representing God's love? And the fourth is this, Am I echoing scripture? There is a lot that the Bible talks about real specifically and speaks to. And and you know what? The Holy Spirit's never gonna tell you to do something that contradicts God's word. Oh, that's okay, he doesn't feel that way anymore. Yeah, lying's okay, he doesn't feel that way. Adultery, no, if you really love each other, that's fine. He he doesn't feel that way anymore. He's never gonna tell you something that contradicts God's word. And, And so, is it echoing scripture? I love this, Psalm 119 puts it this way, verse 45, I will live in perfect freedom. You want perfect freedom, this is how you do it. I will live in perfect freedom because I try to obey your teachings. Because I'm living within the limits that God's placed on my life. The boundaries he's placed in my life, they bring me perfect freedom. And like I say, freedom doesn't come from Washington, D.C., it doesn't come from Albany. Freedom comes from the cross of Jesus Christ. That's where freedom comes from. So that we can live within the boundaries that God has set in our lives and we're truly free. I'll live in perfect freedom. That's waiting for you. That's waiting for me. When? When we live and obey the teachings that God has. And so that's just a a freedom filter. P-U-R-E. Is it pleasing to God Is it upholding my convictions? Is it representing God's love? And is it echoing scripture? Finally, 1 Peter chapter two. Again, there's so much in the Bible about freedom. We're just scratching the surface on this 4th of July. But 1 Peter chapter two, uh, GW version. That's not Greg Williamson. That's God's word translation there. It says, live as free people. That's what God wants for you. That's what he wants for me. But sin is not freedom, it's bondage. Live as free people, but don't hide behind your freedom when you do evil. Instead, use your freedom, what? To serve God. And I think on this 4th of July, I think we need a a new birth of freedom that Christ gives you and I so that we can be the people God's called us to be, that we can serve God right where he's placed us. I'm so thankful for the, the, the freedoms that we have through Jesus Christ 
And notice, there's nothing that we've talked about today that in one shape or this, none of this comes from our government. Not the state capital or the federal capital. It all comes through Jesus Christ. That's where real, ultimate freedom is found. Under the rule and the reign of our King, our God, Jesus Christ. You know, on this 4th of July, I want to kind of end with... Uh, sharing a song with you. In fact, it's where I got the title from for this message, Let Freedom Ring. And it was recorded about seven years ago by a young lady, I think she was 16 years old uh, when she recorded it, maybe 17. Her name's Abby Anderson. And, and, and I love this song because you think it's talking about the United States at the beginning, but then it pivots and it's really talking about our great God and our King. And that's our Heavenly Father. And so I think it's fitting to finish this message as we're talking about let freedom ring and reminding us, thank you God for the freedoms that we do have as citizens in this great nation. And as Christians, because of what we've talked about today, we should be the model citizens in this nation as we are walking within the boundaries of the freedom that Jesus Christ came to set you free and to set me free from. So let me just share this song with you right now. Let freedom ring.
bow your heads with me right now let's pray heavenly father thank you for the freedom that we have through jesus christ's life his death and his resurrection lord we confess today on this july 4th that you are our great god and king and lord may we choose and decide today not to keep anything in our life from you but Lord, to walk within the boundaries you have placed and may we walk in freedom, the freedom that Jesus purchased for each and every one of us under his lordship from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen.